2: guys welcome back to the spurred on podcast and it's timo Werner announcement day so who better to bring in than our german football expert and chelsea fan so the perfect person to talk to us about this i think still a kind of shock surprise signing it's matt beadle how are you matt i'm very well thank you very much that beautiful
1: introduction and i am both of those things i live in germany and i am a chelsea fan i apologize for both
2: No, it's all good. And uh, a kind of high-level football coach in Germany as well. So really great insights coming your way. I'm going to start by just giving a few stats about Timo Berner for any of the the, uh, audience listening who haven't kind of dug a bit deeper into it. So his Bundesliga record, 102 goals in 257 appearances, 46 assists as well. His Chelsea record doesn't look great on initial kind of uh, looking 10 goals in 56 appearances, but also 13 assists, so 23 goal involvements total, and then 24 goals in 57 appearances for the German national team. Can I start Matt by asking you, in terms of German football fans in general, what is the overall feeling of Timo Werner as a player? Uh, at kind of 27 years old, you know, I I think he was a raw talent that everyone thought was incredibly exciting. Is that still the case? Has he kind of pushed forward his talent in uh, the potential into kind of um, actual play? Do people think he's made the most of his ability or are people still wondering about him?
1: I think sadly the answer is no. The The general uh, feeling and sort of feedback here in Germany is that it was a missed opportunity, that, that there was something really very special there um, at the beginning, you know, he scored an absolute hatful of goals in the uh, under 17s and under 19s Bundesliga. He then went straight into, uh, uh, you know, playing for Leipzig, and as you said, um, scored a hatful of goals there as well. And is in totally still the top goal scorer for Leipzig ever in their in their history. So, I mean, we're talking about an undeniably statistically successful goal scorer but something's gone wrong. Now, I'm sure as Spurs fans, you're quite happy to point the finger and say Chelsea ruined him. Like they've ruined <laughs> a lot of other number nines, uh, the Robert Fleck effect or the uh, Andrei Shevchenko effect or uh, Chris a Sutton. host of other number. What? Chris Sutton. The Chris Sutton. Exactly. There's an absolute host of number nines that Chelsea have apparently destroyed. Um, in fact, I had a really interesting conversation this morning with uh, my coaching colleagues out here uh, in Germany. Shout out to all of my uh, coach colleagues at SFL and, uh, they follow German football closer than I do as Germans. And they were struggling to put their finger on it. It is an odd one because he was so good and so effective and so exciting. Um, and something's gone wrong. And and the closest we can get to sort of summarizing it is, is some kind of mental issue. It seems to be some kind of self-confidence issue, yeah. which I guess grew during his time at Chelsea. To come back here, uh, to Leipzig, you'd think, you know, the returning hero. But similar to the way that Torres, when he went back to... Uh, to spain it also didn't happen for him there either you know similar story it's kind of the michael owen story kind of the uh, torres story explosive and exciting at the first part of his career and for whatever reason uh, hasn't been able to uh, to uh, you know recreate that
2: yeah, and certainly last week when it, when it kind of first uh, broke that he might be joining Spurs, I uh, initially was first asking myself, so why is he not playing at Leipzig again? I've looked into it. So this yeah. they bought this kid in Opienda who scored 11 gonna, and 16. Um, I was going to say. And, you know, in terms of being, a, I guess, a number nine or whatever, you could say, okay, so why hasn't he then moved out to the left flank, which is actually where I think he'll play more for Spurs. So I was wondering kind of in, in terms of, Um, your memories of him at Chelsea. How much did he tend to play as a nine or how much did he play out wide and where do you think his best position is? Um, Okay, there's a couple of questions in there. Uh, Mm. We'll start with the first one. Why
1: is it not happening at at Leipzig? Yeah, I I find it difficult to know. Obviously, I don't see him training every day. But yeah, has come in and has been an absolute revelation. Um, The way that the Leipzig team of the late teens used to play was... You know, winning the ball in midfield, hitting teams on the break, really exciting, dynamic football. Um, they play a little bit more possession-based these days, uh, which Chelsea also played, and I think that generally doesn't suit his style of play. Um, but, yeah, he's come in and has been has been incredible. Then to answer your second question, what do I think his best position is? I think the best game he ever played for Chelsea was definitely the Champions League final. And I, and I think you mentioned his assists before, and I think that's a really fair thing to do because he's not okay he's scored a lot of goals but he's not just a goal scorer his movement off the ball is often criticized um because he some he doesn't have the most elegant gait you know maybe he's a bit sort of uh clumsy or he looks a bit clumsy sometimes quick players often do right yeah um yeah. but i think his best position is playing off the left and that's where he played uh for chelsea in that final and everyone remembers the pass from uh Mount. Everyone remembers the the going around the goalkeeper Havertz going around the goalkeeper and the scoring. What I think a lot of people miss or don't think necessarily think about is the way that he dragged uh, the right back totally out of the game with fantastic movement. He's he's not an unintelligent centre forward or, or or forward. So um, I can see him playing off the left for Tottenham as well. I think uh, I think that creates space in behind. You know, you've got runners from midfield. You have got Son who always wants to get in behind. I think he could uh, create some havoc and create some space for your other players.
2: Yeah. And in the short term, obviously Son is away for the Asian Cup. So I think there's, there is a, a yeah. natural gap on that left side where Son has been playing because it's in the last six games or so has been playing as the number nine and has actually started scoring. Um, yeah, exactly. And another, another question mark, another player with obvious
1: talent. and it, It's gone through periods where you think, why is this not happening, right?
2: Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about is... Um, what spurs under big Anjar and, and doesn't get talked about as much as the fact that he wants us to be kind of in charge of the game, take the game by the scruff of the neck. But when we lose the ball, yeah. it's kind of elite pressing and hard pressing. And that to me seems like something that Werner really is great at. Is that, is that a fair assumption?
1: I want to be very careful talking about, uh, Anj Postgogli's tactics because I was vilified last time by some of your listeners for having the audacity to, to critique. I, didn't, I wasn't even criticizing. I was just critiquing his philosophy, I'm a massive fan and I'm a massive fan of pressing football um, and the kind of ball domination football that, that he wants to play. Yeah, he's great. He'll run all day long and his, his his numbers are huge. I mean, he runs consistently when he plays 90 minutes. He runs 13, 14 kilometres in the game. Mm. Uh, high uh, sprints ratios as well. He's uh, he's not a lazy forward. So he fits into that pressing style and he, he'll he have no problem with that whatsoever. So I think, I think Tottenham fans should ask themselves, what are they hoping to get out of him? Are they hoping to get the 40 goals a season pre-Chelsea, Werner? Um, I don't think they are. Um, but if they're hoping to get um, a 27-year-old intelligent Champions League winner who knows how to press, knows how to win the ball back and knows how to create space for other talent you're going to get him. And I think you might find that his statistics on first view might not be great per se, but I think others might benefit. Uh, yeah. That, that would be my boast. And, and, I, and I think that there's an argument that he's done some of that this year at Leipzig, you know, he's come off the bench a lot. He started a few games. It's not like he hasn't been involved at all, uh, but others are scoring goals around him. And I, I don't think that's a bad sign.
2: Yeah. So in terms of you as a football coach, then we mentioned earlier that we feel like it maybe is uh, let, let's call it a confidence yeah. issue. Where maybe, where do yeah. you go? Where do you go with a player who you think you know? You see has all the talent, but maybe just doesn't have the self belief. And I'm not suggesting you would know what to do with a 27 year old Champions League winner necessarily yet. <laughs> but in, but it, it, I think it is relevant to kind of know how to go about that because I think Ange Postacoglu is known, or at least seems from the outside, is more of a kind of arm around the shoulder manager. And Spurs have yeah. come from the last five years of you know Conte and Mourinho, who are who are you know stick rather than carrot. You know, yeah. am I naive to think maybe Big Ange can just put his arm around Timo, tell him he's, he's got a point to prove in the Premier League because people think he's not a great finisher and really get on that pitch and maybe score us seven, eight league goals towards the end of the season that could push us somewhere we didn't expect to go.
1: No, again, I don't know him personally, sadly, but I, I know a lot, I've worked with a lot of uh, ex-pro centre forwards. I've worked with a lot of current professional centre forwards uh, or youth players who who didn't quite make it, but play high level semi-pro football or whatever. And the vast majority of centre-fours that I've worked with like encouragement, like uh, prefer the carrot as opposed to the stick, as you say. I'm, I'm generalising, of course. There are others that I'm sure are quite happy to be led otherwise. But uh, the centre-fours, the goal scorers that I've known over the years, like to be encouraged, like to have an environment where they feel comfortable, where they feel respected, where they feel that they don't have to look over their shoulder every time they see the fourth official holding the board up. You know, that they've got confidence that they're going to play large portions of games. Um, and I think he'll benefit from that. I'm not really sure it makes sense to 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 bring a a, a player who's scored 25 four goals or whatever for the you know one of the strongest mm. national sides in Europe, um, and have him sit on the bench. I, I'm not really sure what that help, what that gives Tottenham. You know, uh, you can bring young players through and have them experiencing those kind of things. I think if you're going to bring a 27 year old Champions League winner in, I think you've got to give him minutes. I think you've got to put your arm around him, as you say, um, and I think you've got to. Um, motivate him and encourage him and congratulate him not only on the pure statistics but on the other things. And Andrew's a thousand times a better tactician than I am, but yeah. he will recognise and that he and his his coaching staff will have recognised the uh, you know the money ball statistics that he gives you. That, that movement off the ball, dragging players out of position, making runs in behind, deliberately running offside uh, to confuse back fours, all those kinds of things. He gives you that, and then when you've got intelligent players like Richarlison and Son and. Um, and others around you. I think that's what he'll give
2: you more than just goals, goals, goals. Yeah, you've mentioned um, his intelligence. I wonder, well, from your memory of him at Chelsea and, and what you hear of German football fans... My uh, taking on him from what I've read and seen is that he's not the kind of player to ever kick up a fuss. And Ange Postecoglou's talked a lot about he will take a player who is maybe not as talented but is a good egg in the dressing room and isn't going to cause any trouble. Am I right to think that Werner is, you know, a real uh, trier and will always, you know, be good morale-wise?
1: Oh, God, yeah. There were so many social media films, uh, you know, clips coming out during his Chelsea time of the Chelsea players making... Fun of him, right? So playing practical jokes on him. Uh, There was one where a couple of players had this huge setup. They got a whole camera team in and a green screen and everything, uh, and had him going around on a little kid's car and stuff, pretending to advertise and and
2: stuff, right? Yeah, all sorts of stuff. And
1: they took the mickey out of him, and he just took it, and it was hilarious, and everyone was laughing. It wasn't they weren't laughing at him; they were kind of laughing with him. He seems to be, and 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 from what I picked up from a couple of colleagues I've got at Chelsea and stuff, apparently an incredibly nice guy, right? He has a reputation in Germany as not being that eloquent in front of the camera, uh, but he says it as he sees it. He doesn't have that standard, you know, coached media football uh, uh, retort. He kind of just shoots from the hip, but sometimes it comes across as a little bit unthought out. I'm a big fan of that because I think it's genuine. Um, but uh, as a colleague of mine mentioned this morning, he, uh, he dived and won a penalty uh, a, 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 few, uh, a couple of months ago now. Um, and in the interview afterwards was asked, did you dive? And he went, uh, yeah, I kind of did. Huh? And sort of laughed at it. Um, and half of the internet thought that was hilarious. And half of the internet thought he was a dick. You know, yeah. um, you know, why aren't you more professional about that? So he strikes me from what I know. And I repeat, I don't know him personally, that he's kind of a decent fella. Yeah. Um, and also everything that I'm hearing from the Tottenham camp is that it's a really bubbly place. I think he might fit into that culture.
2: Yeah. And maybe there's an element of, and this, I've seen this, Kind of at top level professional players or with top level professional players down the you can almost sometimes be a bit too nice. Like maybe those guys at the very elite level are just like a bit more kind of fuck you. Do you know what I mean? And nice guys finish last, right? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But I, maybe Ange can instill a little bit more of the devil in him. But so, well, I, did, I mean,
1: I, I, you know, say that to Gary Lineker, you know, say that true. to Franz Beckenbauer, who died yesterday, for example. There have been some greats who have been absolute gentlemen. So I, I'm not sure the jury's out. For it's me true. On
2: but I mean, Harry Kane, I would say, is a gentleman. But also when he gets on the pitch, he does what it takes. And he really learned. I really noticed yeah. early with Harry Kane that he learned that thing about if you get a touch, you just go down. And I'm not saying that Werner doesn't do that, but I'm giving that as an example of how professionalism with these absolute killers at the top level means they will do kind of go the extra yard and do what it takes. I didn't mention um, Werner's Champions League record early. He scored 17 and 43 with seven assists, so 24 goal involvements. And obviously I did mention his international record, which is good. It kind of shows that at the top, you know, at the, the top level, you know, the elite level, he's, you know, he's got good numbers. He has got a good record. So I feel confident based on a lot of what you said and what, what we've read that if, if Ange can make him believe in himself and give him minutes, get him because presumably if he's been on the bench a lot. He'll probably be quite off the rhythm at the moment. It might take a little bit of time, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. For some reason, and and this might be my kind of glass half full Tottenham fan, you know, Tottenham supporting life. But for some reason it feels like a kind of clever loan deal, like a no lose gamble. What's the kind of, um, what, what's the kind of, what are people saying in Germany about it? Are they, are they glad that he's going to get minutes potentially with the Euros coming up? Is there any sense of that? The the headline in the biggest German newspaper this morning on the back page was
1: "I'm going because I want to play in the Euros." Right, that's apparently what Vienna said. So um, good on him for giving that a try for not being a 27 year old, you know, like Oscar, just you know, jets off to wherever to Saudi Arabia or China for a big buck or whatever, uh, yeah. which I'm sure he could do. Famously, people don't win, uh, don't don't earn that much at Tottenham. Obviously, it's great money, but in comparison to the yeah. to the, to the PSGs and the, you know, into Miami's of this world. It's uh, it, he could definitely make more money elsewhere. So he's coming to play football. He knows the league. I know it's an old truism that pundits yeah. say all the time, but he does know the league. Uh, he knows the pace of the league. Yes. He'll need to get, he'll need to get his match fitness up because he hasn't been playing as many minutes, but I've got to say, I, uh, and my, with my Chelsea hat on this pains me to say, I think he might be a success. I really do. Um for the, the reasons that I mentioned, he fit, I think he fits into the culture. I think he fits into the tactics of, of uh, midfield and uh, offensive press. Um, he's, he's dangerous in behind, which mm. is how you like to play with balls in behind. Um, he's absolutely selfless. And if I can, may come back to the gentleman point, he's a gentleman in front of the camera. And he's a lovely guy, maybe too lovely, as you said. Mm. But he's not on the pitch. He's happy to go down right. and win himself when there's a team at a penalty. Um, you know, he's not stupid as far as that's concerned. He, he he strikes me as naive in front of the camera, but he not He's not naive on the okay. football pitch.
2: Great. And then the the deal that apparently has been done for a potential yeah. sell on for a potential sell of um, kind of uh, sale in the summer would be a 17 million euro option rather than an obligation, which to me in the current climate just seems like you know imagine he scores 6 7 league goals for us and really fits in 17 million euros for for that experience is madness
1: that is that is an absolute bargain that is an absolute bargain it's not like he's a 27 year old who's had an acl or anything you know i mean he is re- he's still fit okay mm. um and he's not 32 and it's not like his legs have gone or any of those other uh, classics that we hear if you can put your arm around him and you can get him hit in the back of the net in training, and a couple going flying off his backside and whatever, <laughs> and like I say, Tottenham dominate the ball. You know he's going to get chances. Yeah, he um, yes, he has got a chance in Chelsea, but to be fair, and that's another thing we haven't mentioned today, and I think it's not uh, it's not the most uninteresting point. He in his time during Chelsea had ridiculous statistics for being the player who'd hit the most hit the post the most in the in the uh, Premier League at the time when he was there. He was the player that had had the most. Uh, Shots saved by goalkeepers. Mm. Now, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's only bad luck, but I think a couple more could have flown in for him at Chelsea, and, and people would have remembered him differently.
2: And he his start at Chelsea was uh, during the COVID time, so no kind of crowds, yeah. and that must have been a bit yeah. weird. And then, what managers did he play? And I say managers because I assume you had probably seven or eight during his eighteen uh, month spell. There. Not, not that Spurs can talk. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Just feeling confident because the say, you set Spurs. this
1: podcast up just to get that line in today, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but no, did, he played yeah, yeah. under Tuchel. Who did he play on? Well, he won the before? Champions League under Tuchel. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I, in fact, I saw a gift this week. Uh, it was a photo of. Havertz, Vienna, and uh, Mount standing wearing Chelsea kit, presumably in training at mm. Cobham, uh, and the caption said something like "Tuckle won the Champions League with this three up front." That's genius, you know. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. Uh, all three of them come out and, uh, come in for a lot of criticism, but all three of them are uh, uh, tested, proven international Champions League winners. Um, yeah. Say what yeah. you want. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what his connection is going to be like. To- Postecoglou, I don't know whether he uh, prefers an arm around the corner, around the shoulder or a kick up the backside. I don't know. Um, what I do know is that Tuchel apparently is a brilliant man manager. He's not a nice guy man manager, mm, but he's mm. he has time for his players, mm. um, and and that worked. He won them in Champions League. I mean, what what. What was his job? Was his job to come in and score X goals, or was his job to come in and win the Champions League for Chelsea? I consider that job done, right?
2: Yeah, totally. Okay, and then so I like I said, I'm I'm excited about it, I'm intrigued as well to see where it goes where it goes. And I'm also I just think it's no lose gamble. Before I've got you, and just because yeah. we did mention him and we've just mentioned Tuchel, obviously we know about the numbers of how Harry Kane has done at Munich since he started. From the yeah. outside of someone living in Germany and being across all the media and everything, um, do you think they have a genuine chance of winning the champions league this season by Munich. Yes. And if they did, how quickly do you think Harry Kane would try and get back to England? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I get him your phone number, would you like to text him? And oh, ask I'd love him? that. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I, he seems like he's enjoying himself, mate. I mean, in the press conferences and in interviews and stuff, uh, he's still doing everything in English, which I always think is a little bit sad. I like I like it when English players go over and really fumble yeah, around with their foreign it. language. I think oh, yeah. it's cute. Yeah, he hasn't spoken much German yet, but um, he seems to be loving it. Um, I, I don't agree the-
2: that I don't agree, I don't disagree. Sorry that he's loving it, but what I think is just I do for some reason I do think he's desperate to get that Premier League goal scoring record, and so I'm not even saying. Do you think he'll come How back? How many to him does he need? Oh, it's like fifty.
1: Oh wow! So it's max so it's two seasons, seasons
2: right? two two and a half yeah. seasons, and but I, so I'm not even saying he would definitely come back to Spurs. I'm not sure how we would get the money together, but I could see him coming back to England as soon as he could. But he, but only if they won the Champions League. I don't think the Bundesliga. No offense to the Bundesliga. I don't think that would be enough for him. I think he would think, oh, pundits will say that's a fu-, you know that's an easy league to win as as a never a, a struck meaning.
1: never struck me as a player who cares what pundits say, which I respect. Um, I think, and I, I, I think, I think he went to bank.
2: I think he went to Bayern Munich because he cares what everybody says. Because this whole him not winning a trophy thing is everything to him.
1: No, yeah, see, I, I, I it's the same point, but I see it from a slightly different perspective. I think, with the greatest respect, Tottenham fans, I'm probably going to be attacked on social media <laughs> for saying this, but I think he went to win titles, and yes, they are pretty much semi-guaranteed at, at Bayern. Um, but, but I think he wants to do that. You know, he, he's not playing football for the money anymore. He's not playing football for the fame. His pictures on the front of the, you know, the the the, the FIFA cover and what you know, he's as hmm. famous as a footballer can ever be, and and as successful as one can ever be. I I think he wants to win a couple of trophies, and I, and I think I if do. he was I'm, if he's there for three years, he might win six, seven, eight trophies. I, I yeah. I don't I don't knock him. And that, also, like, if, he, if he's there
2: for three years, he could still come back and score enough goals to knock Shearer off. His How old perch. would he be then? He would be thirty. Well, he's thirty, so he'd be thirty-three. He'd be coming to the end. But the good thing about Harry is that he, you know. He plays mostly as a 10 these days anyway, or at least he certainly did in the last few years at Spurs and still notched 20-odd goals a season, so we'll see.
1: Similar to Rooney in that sense. All right, so in three years, the Tottenham front line is going to be a 30-year-old Werner, a 33-year-old Kane, (laughs) and a 31-year-old Son, or how old is he?
2: No, Son's older than Kane. Son's already 31 oh okay there you go yeah Yeah, there you go a combined
1: age of a hundred for the front line for tottenham (laughs) in 2020 i'm just
2: talking hypotheticals anyway look thank you so much for talking to us about timo Werner. i really appreciate it matt let the audience know where they can find you and what you're up to cheers mate you can find me on all their socials
1: at matt l um our website is mattbeadle.com. So uh, looking forward to the
2: next time, Barney. Enjoy Legendary. That, and guys, just before we go, thank you so much for all your support. Once again, if you're listening on the podcast, please do come across to YouTube. It's at Barnaby Slater underscore on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, go to the podcast, the Spurred On podcast on Apple podcast or Spotify. And in the description boxes of both, you'll see that you can become a Patreon member or a member on YouTube, just a quid a month, and we're going to build a community, and you'll get some special perks, including live membership only, Q&As, and the like. But most importantly, with a big signing, at least one big signing coming in today or tomorrow, come on, you suppose.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more